0: Good evening everyone good to have you here middle of the week good to hear you sniffles and all
1: <laughs>
0: um, let me just make two quick um, announcements one comes from Cliff Brother cliff fields been tracking our loan and he tells us that our closing is close uh, is, is imminent for our loan so our approval has been made um, and uh, we will be closing, and it looks like you know just in time for weather changing and and for the work to be done. I know we're going to try to um, get the contract signed with the roofer and, and get that going. So we'll let you know how things go with that. But praise God, and yes, you can continue giving to the roof fund if you if you are um, if you're inclined to do so. Also, want to mention uh, we are trying to coordinate better with. Uh, truth seekers as we dismiss and so I'll say this, we haven't worked it all out but we want to make sure if you're a parent who has a child in there that when we end here you try to make it over there in, in a decent time. I think the latest they want you is 8.15 uh, so between 8 and 8.15 will be the time for parents to, to uh, cut off their prayer time and uh, my challenge today is going to help with that Okay, in, in a couple ways so let's get right into it Ecclesiastes chapter 5 Ecclesiastes chapter 5 is uh, is our encouragement for prayer what we try to do um, is what we've been doing is looking at at Ecclesiastes it's a wisdom book and uh, it gives us encouragement for prayer in a couple ways one encouragement is Part of the theme in Ecclesiastes, hey, the world is a crazy place. It's it's a messed up world. And so that in itself is encouragement to pray, amen? Um, We need to depend on God. There's so many things that are are going on. Um, In Ecclesiastes 5, I want to read the first seven verses. So listen and follow along as I read. (laughs) Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few, for a dream comes with much business, and a fool's voice with many words. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pray for what, pray what you vow. Excuse me, pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. For God is the one you must fear. There's a message here that will help us in our prayer time and even help us coordinate um, the, our dismissal with the picking up of the children and truth seekers. What is that word here? In chapter 5, verse 2, it says, be not rash with your mouth, let not, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth therefore let your words be few there it is therefore let your words be few now I say that comically but also in truth he is talking about our time with God and how we ought to approach God I think it applies to prayer as well he says let your words be true notice in the first uh, verse he says guard yourself when you go into the house of God in other words be on guard And what are we to guard? We're to guard that our lips, our mouth, our speech matches and works with our behavior. Say that again. We are to guard that our speech works with our behavior. Say it another way. That our behavior does not betray our speech. Oftentimes our speech is all right. Because we dress that up. We make it right. It says, make sure your behavior is in line with worshipful speech. It's one thing to, to utter worf, worshipful speech. We sang songs. It's saying, hey, line yourself up with those songs of praise that you actually sing. How does he say it in this section? He says it a couple ways. Verse 2, be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word to who? before God. He's saying, Be careful what you say to God. God takes what you say seriously. Um, and then he brings it up in terms of a vow in verse four. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying it. For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. What is a vow? You can answer me now. What is a vow? A promise? Alright? Right. It's in essence a verbal commitment, right? A verbal commitment. I commit to, boom. A verbal commitment, a promise. Um, he says back up your promise. Don't make an a, a empty promise to God. So be careful uh, what you vow because God takes the vow seriously. Um, Jesus, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, um, says many things about prayer along the same line. I'm going to read a couple verses in Matthew 6, verse 7. He says there, and when you pray, do not heap empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So Jesus is is warning against prayers that sound a certain way or try to sound a certain way with the thought that God are here. You'll notice through this chapter, um, He he keys on something in the first verse. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward for, from your Father who is in heaven. Uh, so he talks about doing things to be seen. Um, in verse two and three, he talks about giving to others. Um, in order to be praised by others at the end of verse, uh, look at verse 2 thus when you give to the needy sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others I was thinking about that, that is just the opposite of, of what we do I was watching a commercial, and a corporation was talking about all the money they donated to charity and I thought about that verse, wow I was like, okay, you're kind of announcing what you're doing Uh, They want people to know that they give and their money is given for this cause or for that cause. But the word of God tells us as individuals not to act that way. Um, In fact, what he says is, verse 3, When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. (laughs) It's kind of a comical way. Um, And it's not something uh, literal, but he's saying, Do it in such a way. That others don't know. It's almost as if your own self, your one side of you doesn't even know what the other side is doing. Uh, but what he but the point that he makes there, s- so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Throughout this, um, throughout these verses, he makes a point that God sees in secret. In other words, God sees what goes on behind the scenes. He reads the heart. He sees what we do in secret, and so there's no need to to, uh, promote ourselves, or or we don't have to do that. He he knows uh, where our heart is. And and so he brings that same attitude into prayer, verse 7. When you pray, do not heap empty phrases. Um, He says, verse 8, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask, before you ask him. And so he teaches us then how we ought to pray. Going back to Ecclesiastes 5, that phrase, let your words be few. And the point there, um, he makes a point in other places that, yes, it is wise not to talk so much. But the point he's making here is be careful in our words as we pray to God and let's not pray just to be heard but let's take what we say to God seriously why? because God takes it seriously in Matthew chapter 12 verse 36 and I'll end with this he makes this point Matthew 12 36 I tell you on the day of judgment people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified. And by your words you will be condemned. So It says be careful. God knows the heart. Let's not do things on the outwardly. That, that would be impressive to others. When God sees right through that. Um, let's pray in that way. The other part of our words being few. Is simply let's be real with God. Let's be sincere Open and honest with God. He knows who we are and He knows what we need, and we can pray in that fashion. Good evening, Saints.
2: Jesus was speaking with His disciples and He said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away. I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to my Father, for the Father is greater than I. But now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the rule of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. What is this section about? Jesus is preparing his disciples to be without. What did you say? Yep, he's not going to be there anymore. And so what's going on? Who's he going to have that's there? The Holy Spirit, right? What are the reasons that it gives why the Holy Spirit will be here? Let's go through the passage and list them. Huh? Okay, not who he is, but what is he doing? It reminds us of what Jesus teaches. What else? Roles of the Holy Spirit listed in this section. nothing huh hmm he's a teacher hmm he comforts all right let's let's break this down a little bit what's the point of this section is to tell us what wake up people Wake up. Maybe we all got to stand. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. I guess we're too tired. I was my voice was so soothing. People are fighting sleep. All right. Raise your hands. All right, so everybody wants to answer. All right. all right, sit down, sit down. Okay, now that we've done that exercise, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll do what? Keep my commandments. How does he start the section with that? We're talking about the Holy Spirit. What does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? Let's think about it in this way. This section is all, it seems to be summarizing. You're right, it has something to do with the Holy Spirit. But he starts off saying, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you were starting a lesson on the Holy Spirit, is that how you would start? All right, he says, I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper to be with you forever. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. What does that have to do with the Holy Spirit? Teach me something. Go ahead. Okay, that's definitely right. Alright, let's think of it in let's think of it in another way. We want to love Jesus, don't we? So we want to what? Keep his commandments. But it is hard to keep his commandments. So who helps us keep his commandments? So the Holy Spirit is helping us to do what? To love Jesus. Right? Think of it this way Jesus is talking to his disciples for the last time. And they get the feeling that the end is coming. And they're worried, right? They're worried. And the whole point of this section is to say, I know you're going to be worried that I'm gone, right? I know you're going to be worried. Think of it as a dad that knows he's going to die, and somehow he knows he's dying in three days, and he's speaking to his children for the last time. Think about it as you talking to your friends, hey, man, I'm going to die. I got some words to say to you. Jesus is saying, I am going to die. And you know I'm going to die. I have told you several times. Man, Jesus, we all love you. We love you, Jesus. How can you leave? If you love me, keep my commandments. Now there's this this tension that goes on, right? We want to say, man, Jesus, we love you. We don't want you to leave, right? Right? please don't leave, please don't leave. If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus, please stay with us. No, no, no. I'm going to send you another helper. I think the passage is, yes, it talks about the Holy Spirit, but it's more about the fact that Jesus is leaving, but he's not leaving us alone, right? Jesus said, no, I'm leaving. I have to go. Why do I have to go? Because I obey my Father. Right? I obey my Father. Who am I leaving with you? I'm leaving the Holy Spirit. What's the next section? Starts at, I will not leave you as orphans. That's the main point, isn't it? I will not leave you as orphans. What do orphans do? Orphans are poor. Right? Orphans don't have upbringing. Orphans don't have a job. In that society, you got a job based off of what your father did. And if you don't have a father, you pretty much are destined to be poor. Right? The same with widows. That's why they always used to say in the scriptures, don't abuse the widows and the orphans. Why? Because they're the worst off among society. Can't do worse than being a widow or an orphan. He said, I will not leave you orphans. Yet a little while in the world won't see me, but you'll see me. Hey, don't miss me too much. You're going to see me. How are you going to see me? One is, you got to see the Father. If you see the Father, you see me. Why? Because I am in the Father. And I'm in you. If you see yourself, you see me. Right? Because I am in you. He who loves me will be loved by the Father. And we get this connection that is being made. It's being made by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it's a deep passage that in many ways speaks about the love of God with all three persons. All three persons are mentioned in this passage, aren't they? That's why I want y'all to wake up and see this. Don't be going to sleep. I'm going to get you a Red Bull, Dale. Don't, don't mess. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. These things I have spoken with you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. What was Jesus called? They called him a lot. Teacher. Who was he leaving with him? A teacher. Right? The passage is about, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving. I'm going, but I'm not leaving you orphans. All right. Any other thoughts on this passage before I close? All right, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it follows a line with a proverb that says to the twisted, God makes himself scarce, right? He shows himself to be scarce. To the honest, he shows himself to be honest. In other words, if you don't approach God in good faith, he ain't going to be there for you to respond to. You're going to be thinking, why does God not exist? You're going to feel like an atheist. It will confirm your thoughts that God is not real. And if you approach God in good faith, it will affirm your thoughts that God is real. And the scripture will be fulfilled that says the righteous will be more righteous, and the wicked will be more wicked.
1: Good evening, everybody. So today what I want to talk about is um, has to do kind of with this virus. I think this is an excellent example of one of the things that I think we're dealing with a lot of today, and it's fear. Um, I heard it Excellently put one time that it's the fear of the invisible, right? Um, which I think is funny because when we look at it as a Christian lifet- lifestyle, a lot of the world has a fear of the invisible, which is a virus, but Christians have a fear of the invisible also, fear of God, right? But we also have a love of the invisible. And what's interesting is you see how pervasive this fear is in society, and then it runs into the haughtiness of man, right? We, as man, feel that we can control an uncontrollable virus, right? Um, But I think when you run into that, that need for control is because you have no other source of courage or source of comfort to fall back on, right? Christians, we can fall back on that our creator is the one that created this virus. He is the one that controls this virus, he is the one that controls us. He is the one that controls if we get sick. He is the one that controls if we die. He's the one, contr- one that controls if we get sick and get over it. He's the one that controls that if we get sick, how sick we get, right? But when our society wants to run around and say, there is no God that controls this, then it's not far-fetched to see how they could have this paralyzing fear of something and this seek to control and think that they can control it. Which is funny because, you know, it's like trying to control the weather. Like, how do you control something you can't see? How many people do you know adhered to the stay at home, the mask mandates, the hand washing, the six feet, and got sick anyways, right? Um, so what I want to do is I want to focus our prayer on that because it is very it is a very sad thing to see how the fear is running people's lives. Um, it makes me sad because to think that they have no source of comfort and hope in this besides what the government might give them, what the CDC might recommend, what a miracle shot might protect, you know. I think it's funny, we put a lot of stock into a shot that's 92% effective. What about that 8% that thought that the shot was gonna be their salvation, right? Um, we always forget about that, that small percentage that that won't be me, you know? But it still could be you because, like I said, who is in control of this virus, right? Who, who are Who is in control of our lives? So what I would like is um, let's have Gigi, will you please pray for just the fear that we are dealing with a lot of people deal with today in the world, in our nation, in our city, um, and just pray for them and that they can find the source of comfort which is Christ. Charmon, can you pray for us as the church to be that comfort for people and to be that source of light to show them, where their comfort can be found. Then I'll close this off.
3: Our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, we come to you realizing that even as believers, we sometimes do not have our hope completely centered in you. So Lord, as we come to you humbly bow, praying that you would strengthen us and encourage us, Lord, that these things that are in the world have no power over us. The greatest power that exists is you. And for us to humbly bow before thee, and surrender all that we are and all that we will ever be is only anchored and centered in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, so we pray for the people. We pray that this virus will bring many people to their knees to see that, Lord, you can stop it in a minute if you want. You can give them all the shots in the world and won't change a thing because your hand is on this and in everything that goes on, you're still on the throne and you're still in control and your people can call to you and you will hear them. You will supply our needs as you always have, and you always will. When it gets too hard for us, you will bring us home, or you will strengthen us in the deep shadows and fears of each heart, Lord. So we come to you humbly, praying that we will not take on the appearance of the world fearfully and and scared of everything that come along when you are on the throne. Help us, Lord, to be faithful stewards, to yield our lives completely to you, To walk with boldness and sincere love and obedience to your word. That these people who are so fearful of things may see a light and a hope in us because we know you. So we pray, Lord, you'd help us be a testimony in this wicked world to know there is someone who cares. There is someone who's in control and there is someone who will keep and help us throughout eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: dear lord we just continue in prayer just asking as a church and even individually that you will continue to work in us um just ministering and being a light to others the world is a sometimes a dark and hopeless place and things like covid and other sicknesses overwhelm people and discourage people and cause them to fear but i thank you for allowing us to have trust and hope in you um knowing that All in all, you're in control, and you're a healer and a comforter, and a lot of times those kind of situations don't go as how we want them to, but there's a reason and a plan for everything. But concerning just um, what we're going through at this time, I just pray that you allow us um, to just reach out to others or others who we know um, are living in fear or um, are just really struggling with this. We're not being ignorant to the fact that it is, sickness out there, and we know that it's impacting people in many different ways, and um, some have lost loved ones to it, but we we don't want to live in fear um, and not being able to um, come and serve you or do our daily activities. We do everything just knowing that you're in control and um, just the regular precautionary uh, case things that we should be doing um, in everyday life just to take care of ourselves, and so I just pray that you would just give us all discernment and compassion and just rely on your word and your truths just to get us through each and every day and not, um, not give in to those fears and, and those things that hold us back from what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Lord, we continue in prayer. And we just think of it's almost incomprehensible the control that you have in this, just even if you narrow it to this world, how you can control trillions of microscopic things that we cannot even see in billions of lives on the earth. And that you control it all at once, and you control it according to your plan. And to just comprehend a being that has that ability, it's almost mind-boggling. But you are that God, Lord. And we just lift up the people of this world, Lord, who are are caught in fear because they do not have the hope in you, that do not have that um, knowledge to just rest on, that you are in control of all these things. Um, It also gives them fear because they don't have a knowledge of you, they have, in their heart, they know that there is something after death, but they want to say there isn't. And they have that fear that if their life is claimed now, it's over. But we as Christians know that even if you claim this body, we will have an eternity with you separate from pain, separate from suffering. Lord, And we just ask that you use us, use this church specifically to be that light to this city, to be that light and that hope to show the people that having a relationship with you is a relationship of hope and a relationship knowing that you are a God that is in control. And I just want to praise you for leadership that's that stood up when Satan wanted to shut down churches and to shut down churches to silence your word as he takes the lives of people in our city in our world and how churches stood up how churches the leadership here stood up and said no we will not close we will continue to proclaim your word even when things seem bad and we and just pray I praise you for leadership to stand up in that way, Lord. And we just praise you for being a God that we can have comfort in, that we can come to if we have fears, knowing that you are in control and you are a God that loves us and you have our best interests in mind. In your name we pray.